we are taking a theme this year, here on earth, growing outposts of heaven here on earth, and a, a Bible passage uh, from the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, um, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And during January, we thought about what worship was like in heaven and how we can have that a little bit more like our worship here on earth. No, other way around. Like our worship here on earth is a little bit more like heaven. Over the next month or so, we're going to be thinking about belonging. Belonging to our Father who is in heaven and belonging to one another as we grow outposts of heaven here on earth. Can you feel the glow? As soon as I went from that to that, people's faces just lit up. And it's an amazing thing that when we have a sense of belonging, when we know whose we are, we live differently. Maybe with a little bit of a glow. During my daily readings, I'm just going through Exodus at the moment, and um, Moses, his whole face was radiating um, the glory and goodness of God after he had spent time with God. And maybe as we go through this uh, time um, looking at belonging, so as we grow outposts, we're growing it in a secure way and a strong way because we know whose we are. So as we see God's kingdom come and we're, we're stepping into that, we have a deeper sense of belonging. Um, I pray that this will be an initial step and that we, we grow stronger in our sense of belonging. In 1994, I was in Cardiff on the 19th of February and Wales actually won a rugby match on that day. They were playing against France in what was then known as the Five Nations. Five Nations became the Six Nations and unless Wales get relegated out, it might, may become the Seven Nations. But I went there with my dad, who was my first international. Um, and, and we went to watch, not for me to play. Um, and you didn't need to laugh at that. Um, and I had a real sense of belonging that day. I'm Welsh, I'm pleased to be Welsh. I'm proud to be Welsh, yeah. Um, and I, I was with thousands of other people. <laughs> Yay! There are always a few in a crowd, and they're normally a little bit loud. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, there were thousands of other Welsh people, and, and we were mixed in with the French, but we knew who was ours. Because we were speaking English or Welsh, <laughs> not French. But that wasn't the sense of belonging that I remember as strongly. The sense of belonging was after the game. Because thousands of fans were coming out of the stadium all at the same time. And I hadn't been in a crowd like that before. And in the back of my mind was something that had happened five years previously, which was the Hillsborough disaster. When there are big crowds of people, people get crushed. And there were thousands coming out. And I was there, Welsh fans, French fans, because in rugby you can mix together, which is wonderful. Um, and we were all getting out, and I was getting squidged in, squidged in, squidged in. 
And I felt these arms come round me strong like that. And I was 14, so I'm thinking, well, I, I'm, I'm big and strong. But now these were bigger arms than mine. And they just felt like a barrier of strength around me. So I felt safe and secure. And it was my dad's arms. And it, he kind of walked along like that until we were out in, into kind of a clearer area. I had a sense of belonging in me that I can remember from that moment because he showed me that I was his and he would guard over me, that he wanted to protect me, that he would, he would take the hits for me and the knocks and do everything that he could so that I was safe. The sense, a sense of belonging is essential for us, for our psychological and, uh, and physical health. And we look for it in different places. It might be in your workplace. It might be in a sports club. It might be in church. It might be at home. It might be that you are part of a union. And because you belong to that union, you decide together, you act together, one out, all out. But actually, if a decision is made, it benefits everyone. We belong to our spouses. We belong to God. And, and there are so many different places and people that we might find a sense of belonging to. And it's a really important thing. I really recommend some of the TED Talks by this lady, uh, Brené Brown. As far as I'm aware, she's not a follower of Jesus, but she writes some great kingdom-based things and, and, and shares them as well. She, she says this, a deep sense of love and belonging is, a, is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love and to be loved and to belong. When those needs are not met, we don't function as we were meant to. We break, we fall apart, we numb, we ache, we hurt others, we get sick. I believe God wants us to grow in a sense of belonging as a church family. I believe he wants us to grow in a sense of belonging to him and knowing whose we are. But also, uh, I believe he wants us to grow in a sense of belonging together. But it might be that there are other places and people that um, God wants you to grow your sense of belonging. So that you function as you are meant to. That you are whole. That you don't fall apart, but you're able to help others be pieced back together. That you don't feel numb. You don't ache. You don't hurt others because you're hurting. You don't get sick. I want us to have a think about where you want to grow a sense of belonging or where God wants you to. We've done this before a few times. If you take out your uh, smartphone and just take an image of this um, QR code, it'll take you to a Padlet. And I want you to just take some time to think through where you want to grow your sense of belonging. So I want to grow it in my sense of belonging and then fill in the blank. And then the second question is to write down some barriers 
If you don't have a smartphone or you don't want to, to, to do this, have a think. Maybe you want to write it down. Because by identifying where you want to grow and by identifying some of the barriers to that growth, it might just be that you can intentionally pray into it and intentionally see God remove those barriers. I'll give you a few moments to prayerfully think through those things. As people write up their answers, their thoughts, the, the places where they want to grow. Maybe the barriers that I list off now are barriers that you identify with as well. Maybe your sin, your shame, guilt, fear, pride, the way you prioritize things or others prioritize things illness, trust or lack of. Maybe there's a specific person that is, is seemingly a barrier to you belonging or having a deep sense of belonging and acceptance, being known and being loved in a certain context. Maybe it is your past or your present. Thank you so much for your honesty in these things. One of the great things is that these are anonymous. So it just get, gives a flavor of what people are feeling and wanting to grow in as a church. I want to feel like I belong in the church. I want to grow in my sense of belonging to God increasingly more each day so I'm less in need of people's approval and free to love as my Heavenly Father loves. I want to grow my sense of belonging within Gold Hill. I want to belong in the relationship with my wife. I want to belong in in-depth relationship with others, mutually deep. If someone has expressed what you are expressing, you can like it or heart it. This Padlet will be up for, uh, for the next week, so if you are watching online uh, later on in the week, do... Um, Continue to add it. And what I will do with these things is at the end of the week, I'll gather it together in a PDF. I'll just download it as a PDF. And that becomes prayer fuel for us as, as a team. And we, we can pray into these things. And pastor our church generally, because we know some of the general things that people want to grow in. So far, we haven't opened up scripture. I just want to invite Delia to come and read from Mark chapter 5. And we'll be starting about halfway through Mark chapter 5. The first section of Mark 5 is Jesus has 
um, met someone who is possessed by a, a, a whole load of, de- of demons. Do come up, up Delia. And, and as um, Jesus meets this man who's possessed, he releases him. And as the story goes on, he releases him back to his family and restores the sense of belonging. And then Jesus gets back in the boat and goes over the other side of the lake. And this is where the passage picks up. Thank you. It is here. So the readings from Mark chapter 5, verse 21 to 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers, named Jairus, came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kom, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this 
and told them to give her something to eat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sometimes we can read a passage and then jump, jump straight into explaining it. Can you just pause and just think about the emotions involved in what has just been read? If you were in that situation, if you were that woman, or if you were Jairus, I want to talk through these, the stories that have been shared, but also the, the first passage in Mark 5, and just help us understand this morning this truth. Jesus can and wants to answer our longing for belonging. The things that we have written down, the things that we um, may not have been able to express in words about a deep hunger to belong to our Father or belong in a church family or, or belong in a certain setting. This is a truth from, from God's words. Jesus can and wants to answer our longing for belonging. The man who was filled with demons was in a place that he should not have belonged because he was alive. And he was living in a place of the tombs. First. Uh, two and three of chapter, chapter five. He was living in a place he shouldn't have been in because he shouldn't have belonged there because he's alive. But because of the darkness that he had been filled with, that's where he had found a place of home. I believe God is saying from this passage, and this is why I've included this one as well. I believe God is calling some people out of a place where you know you don't belong. You're trying to fit in. You're, you're seeking belonging. You're seeking connection, seeking love, and, and someone showing interest in you. But you're looking at it, looking for it in the wrong place. And you're looking in places that will lead you into greater brokenness and greater isolation and greater aloneness. I love the verses just here. Jesus releases the, the, the legion of demons from this man, and he is seen restored at the feet of Jesus in his right mind and dressed. Jesus restores him internally, physically, outwardly, and then what happens at the end of, of that narrative, so in verse 19, Jesus says to him, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell uh, in, in the, um, the 10 cities of that area how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. This man was in a place that he didn't belong and shouldn't belong and Jesus I met him, restored him, and put him into a place where he belonged. I wonder if that's a message of encouragement for you. You need to know that Jesus can and wants to answer your longing for belonging, so look for it in the right place. This woman, for 12 years, 12 years, she had bled 
whether this was blood from her monthly periods that wasn't just monthly but was daily and yearly continuous bleeding or whether it was hemorrhaging from somewhere else, she would still come under the Levitical law in um, chapter 12 of Leviticus and chapter 15 of Leviticus that because of her bleeding, she was seen as unclean and she couldn't partake in a community or, or spiritual practice. She had to keep separate. So in addition to the pain and agony and the difficulty and the continuous cleaning, no sanitary products like we have now. She would have had to wash constantly. In addition to all of that, she couldn't be with her family or friends because that would make them unclean. This woman for 12 years had suffered isolation, suffered pain and agony, and she had tried to break this, this cycle of bleeding and gone to doctors and paid so much money. But things had just got worse. Because of her condition, it would have prevented her from getting married, or if she was already married when the bleeding had started, it would have prevented her from having sexual relations with her husband. And it might have been, in that context, a grounds for him to divorce her. This woman had to stay away. And she would have had such a deep agony for belonging. Why? Because as we read here, all of us are made to have that sense of love and belonging. We're wired to have a sense of belonging to other people and also to our Father in heaven. He's made us that way. So when we are kept separate for whatever reason, like this woman was, it aches. We can't function properly. We're, we break, we fall apart, we numb, we ache, we hurt others, we get sick. And this woman, in desperation, in her longing for belonging, she chooses to risk everything because she goes into a crowd, because she's heard that Jesus is near. And she goes into a crowd, and in that crowd, she's getting near people. And because she is ceremonially unclean, she's going to make them ceremonially unclean. But she's willing to risk it because she's desperate to belong. And she reaches out and touches Jesus's garment. I love the fact that Jesus pauses. I love the fact that Jesus heals this woman just as she reaches out and touches her. But I love even more the fact that Jesus pauses and says, who touched me? And the disciples don't get it. But Jesus wanted to make sure that this woman knew that she wasn't just healed, but she belonged and he turns and says, who touched me? Well, everyone's pressing in on you. No, some power went out of me. Who touched me? And she comes forward. And what does he say? He says, daughter. I wonder what she had been called for 12 years, if anything. I wonder how people had addressed her, if anyone had actually addressed her. And God, as he walked this earth, turns and says to her, 
your longing for belonging is answered. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Be freed from your 12 years isolation. Be freed from the the suffering that you've had at the hands of other people. Be freed and go in peace. I wonder how many of us need to hear Jesus say those things to us today. Daughter, son, be freed, go in peace, be released, be restored, receive acceptance, receive my love. This woman could enter society again. She could be with friends again. So as well as the physical restoration, she had that sense of belonging restored. She could go to worship again. And then the third story in Mark 5 is a little girl who is 12 years old. So for the same amount of time that this girl has been alive, the other lady had been bleeding. And in the midst of the joy of the healing of the woman, we witness a message of heartbreak. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. Verse 35. I wonder if you have given up finding belonging with God. That you know things, but it's never fully come down into this place. And almost you have said or allowed others to say, don't bother Jesus anymore. Jesus takes some of his close disciples and the girl's mother and father. And what we see is the little girl restored to her parents. She belonged to her parents, not as an object or a possession, but as a treasure. We read in Luke's account of this narrative that she was uh, the couple's only daughter. And out of desperation, Jairus goes to Jesus. And Jesus restores what belongs to Jairus back to him. I wonder what things you have put as barriers And what this passage in Mark 5 can say into those things, our flesh, our sinful nature is a barrier for someone. Not finding others who are willing to be vulnerable. Not knowing what to do. My past rejections and hurts. Sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough. You're not alone, says someone my insecurity, what's happening can make it tough. I'm fearful of intimacy. A barrier is knowing that I'm loved and that I'm part of a family. These are people in this room or watching online being honest about the barriers that they face with growing in a sense of belonging. What does God's word say? It teaches us that Jesus can and wants to 
answer our longing for belonging. Even death itself wasn't a barrier for Jesus. Even a legion of demons wasn't a barrier too big enough for Jesus. Even understanding religious rules or our past, our present struggles, they're not barriers for Jesus. And I want us to just pause in a place of prayer and allow God by his spirit to minister amongst us. We're going to take three songs as response. And during that time, I would love it if people wanted to be prayed for, to grow in a sense of belonging in whatever area, that they would come and receive prayer from the prayer ministry team, from elders, from people on the pastoral team, staff team, or whatever, that we will pray for you. But we will take the first song, and it's, it's just a celebration of God's reckless love over us. If we're going to see God's kingdom grow, we need to know how much love the Father has for us. And then the next song is, is a song about our church family, a, a prayer that he will make us a place and a people of belonging. And then the third song is, is a kind of sending out song that we will be people who will connect people to our Father in heaven as we speak Jesus over our communities and over our places that we go to. So can I invite you to stand or to kneel as the band come up? And I'm going to pray and invite God's Holy Spirit to give us boldness as we respond. Father, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are holy. Thank you that um, your word says that we are yours Grace read that uh, from Isaiah 43, verse 1 earlier on. I thank you, God, for other passages in Scripture where we, um, we learn that um, we can be your children and you can be our Father. Thank you that it says in 1 John 1, verse, sorry, 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 1. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we can be called children of God. And I pray by your Holy Spirit that you'll help us to know that that is what we are if we have turned and believed in you. And for those that are longing to belong to you, God, but just don't know how, give them the boldness to come and be prayed with and to say to the people, I just want to belong to God. For those that want to receive a, a, a prayer of, of belonging said over them, give them the boldness to come and be prayed for as well. Amen.